When it comes to what we believe, there are a lot of misconceptions about doubt. It's important for us to identify the type of doubt we are struggling with, which will then help us assess what we need to do with our doubt. That's what we'll be discussing today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm your host, Robbie Lashua, and I'm here with my friend, Tyler Hurley. What's up, Tyler? What is up? We are looking forward to continuing our series on doubt today. Yeah, we had a lot of really good feedback from last week um, on doubt and celebrity, you know, quote-unquote, celebrity Christians that are dealing with doubt, uh, and what do we do with our doubts, right? And we wanted to continue today talking about it. Uh, now, again, we're, we're adding a little teaser here at the beginning. We're, we'll put the coffee tip at the end of the episode. Yes, keep so, you in suspense. You yeah, know? that's what we're all about. Edge of your seat unless you're driving. Buckle up. Stay safe, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Please don't do anything crazy. Um, but yeah, coffee tip will be at the end because we love to share coffee tips with you guys. Um, but uh, before we get into the content, I uh, did want to again share about the Deep Faith Apologetics Conference that's coming up here in Phoenix, Arizona, November 2nd. You have got to be at this conference. It is going to be awesome. We want to meet as many of you as possible. I'm going to be there speaking. Tyler's going to be there. We're going to have a Christ Culture and Coffee table. Mm-hmm. Sean McDowell's going to be there speaking. James Umber. We're going to have breakout sessions. We're going to have lunch included in the ticket price. We would love for our listeners to come out and spend the day with us, gaining some really great uh, information and being equipped through apologetics arguments so that we can go out and we can defend our faith well. So if you are in the Phoenix area, this is the conference for you to be at. Uh, tickets are 25 bucks. You can get them online. Uh, go to our website. It's deepfaithapologetics.com. Again, that's deepfaithapologetics.com. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm getting more excited about it the closer it gets. Yeah, I mean, we have Sean McDowell there, too. The Sean McDowell. Not just a guy named Sean McDowell, right? (laughs) (laughs) But but the Sean McDowell, yeah. Not just somebody with a similar name. Have you ever seen people advertise that kind of stuff before? It's like a conference (laughs) or something, and they have like some famous name, and it's just a guy who has that name. It's not like the real one. Yeah, well, you know what? That's been a running joke with, uh, I mean, we had our friend on uh, the podcast, Sean White, and I mean, he has the same name as the famous snowboarder, Sean White. Yeah, sure, but he's not the same No, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, this isn't that. that. This is the real Sean McDowell. Don't doubt it, right? Don't doubt it, yeah. To tie it back into what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, we'd love for you to be at the conference. Again, November November 2nd, we're a couple months away Tickets are selling fast, so if you want to go, check out our website, deepfaithapologetics.com, and you can buy tickets there. Yes, please do it. Also, we'd love for you to join our Facebook Insiders group, and this is, uh, maybe you've been putting this off for a while. Maybe you're thinking, ah, I'll get to that eventually. You're going to want to join this week, mm-hmm. because next week, you have the opportunity to be featured, your story, your questions, to be featured on our show. Yes, but only to insiders. Only to the insiders. So we we would love for you to go join our insiders group on Facebook, Christ Culture and Coffee Insiders. And then what we're going to do is we are asking you now uh, to go on there and to pose questions you have or doubts about Christianity you have, the biggest doubts, the biggest struggles with our our faith that you have, because next week that's what the whole episode is going to be about. Tyler and I digging into these questions and answering the questions 
questions that you have on doubt. Yeah, it's going to be all across the board. Whatever you guys have, we're going to um, research it and study it and then talk about it beforehand. And then we're going to go ahead and tackle the doubts together. Yep. So We want to model for you what it's like to attack your doubts. Yes, yes. So uh, you don't want to miss being a part of that. So join our insiders group and get on that. Yes, that'll be great. Also, if you are on Instagram, our Instagram is growing a lot lately, mm -hmm. and we'd love for you to be on there because we post a lot of uh, stuff on there, plus stories go on there and stuff, so it's pretty interactive. Uh, so go ahead and join us on Instagram as well. We just want to connect with you. We want to know who you are. We want to know and hear stories about what God's doing in your life and how he's using apologetics uh, to reach people in your area. Yes, so make sure you follow us on those platforms. Uh, we also have a Facebook page, which uh, we have that's separate from the Insiders group, so you mm -hmm. can follow that as well. Uh, and then that, that way you can get all of our content. We can we, On there we share announcements, we share theological discussions, uh, new content uh, uh, updates, so you don't want to miss being a part of that. Yep, and also uh, we have coming up, I'm not going to say who it is, right. but we have a phenomenal apologist coming on the show in a couple weeks yeah this guy's big time i am like i'm geeking out to be honest <laughs> like i can't <laughs> believe he's coming on uh, to our show so stay tuned to that and we'll be posting more on our social media about who that is and when they're going to be on so you definitely don't want to miss that coming up a lot going on a lot going on but now that mm -hmm. there's all the business stuff done right all the all the things we need to talk about let's dive into the topic of today Doubt, right? Now, we yes. talked about doubt last week with John the Baptist, but this week we want to get into a little more of what types of doubt are out there and some some of the uh, misconceptions about doubt that there are. So, Tyler, what are some misconceptions that people have about doubt? Yeah, well, one thing is, and this one surprises me a little bit, but people will say out there, or there's a misconception that biblical heroes don't doubt. Right? Have you have you heard of that? Before? I have heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that's but that's really interesting to think of uh, all the different biblical figures uh, that we know of who have doubted. Yeah, I when I hear that one, I ask people, "What Bible are you reading?" Because all yeah. of the heroes, the quote unquote heroes of the faith, right? They all struggled with stuff, right? I mean, let's last week we talked about John the Baptist, right? Mm -hmm. But but let's name some others. You know, you have Abraham. Yeah. He really doubted what? That God was going to come through on his promise to give him a son with his wife who was like 90 years old. Mm -hmm. He d he doubted to the point where he tried to make it happen with his slave girl. Yeah. yeah. Right? He didn't trust God. He had tremendous doubts that God was going to keep his promise. Um, and yet, <laughs> Abraham, come on, huge hero of the faith, right? Mm -hmm. did, did amazing things. It is interesting to think about how he doubted. Uh, God would come through for him with a son because of his age and his yeah. wife's age. But through that situation of seeing God do the miraculous, his faith was strengthened to the point that he was willing to sacrifice Isaac. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, 20 years after he was born or whatever. And he, he knew that if God can give me and my old, my old wife a son in our advanced years— he could raise this guy from the dead. I, so it's cool to see how God coming through on his promise, providing evidence to Abraham that he keeps his word. Yeah, and then he it trusted. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. built Abraham's faith, right? Very interesting. But Abraham had doubts about what God said and if he'd come through for him. Mm -hmm. Many, many different heroes of the faith did, right? David, right? He had, he had doubts about uh, God's word and about what God had said. Um, you see the whole thing with Bathsheba, right? Yeah. He wasn't trusting right. in what God had said. 
Um, he wasn't doing what the Lord had called him to do. Um, you have, um, I mean, on and on, Jeremiah. Today we're going to talk about Thomas. You know, Paul, uh, all of these guys doubted at times, right? Paul yeah. has this thorn in the flesh. God, why are you letting this thing stay on? Please take it away, right? <laughs> but God wouldn't. Uh, he wouldn't take it away. And so doubt isn't something that b- biblical heroes never have. I think it's something that all biblical heroes have had, except oh, yeah. probably for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 you're right. And then something that's interesting to go with that, there's uh, not just with biblical heroes, this is a misconception I think is uh, t- talked about too, is that people believe that unbelievers hardly ever have doubts, mm. meaning unbelievers don't doubt their unbelief. Yeah, they seem so confident, you right? You think about that? Yeah. Yeah, they see, man, when they talk, when I hear Richard Dawkins, he just seems so confident in his atheism. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's what you would think. Comes but, across very mm-hmm. confident, very self-assured that what he's saying is correct. Yeah, so people do have that misconception that others don't have doubts about what they believe. Uh, the truth of it is, we all have doubts. Uh, yeah, it's a human <laughs> it's, thing. It's a it, human thing, yeah. It's not a Christian thing, it's a human thing. Yeah, it's because it, you you want to understand truth. I, I, I believe that, pers- I personally believe that as human beings, we instinctively have this longing for truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that comes doubt, because doubt is what helps you assess your beliefs, right? Yeah. And it, it helps you navigate through and realize, okay, uh, do I have enough evidence to b- believe that what my I'm believing in is true? Yeah, a yeah. doubt is almost a suspension in judgment based on what you're going to believe, right? right. For, for a time. Mm-hmm. Now, again, if you just if you're suspending judgment for all time, that's never good. Uh, you need to land. Yeah, somewhere. you need to solidify your beliefs. That's yeah. important. But it's not a bad thing. Yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a, it's a very interesting. Um, aspect uh capacity that god has given to human beings to be able to weigh evidences and to ponder and to think Hmm. uh, and doubt comes along with that but yeah uh it's not just a christian thing every human being has doubts about their beliefs at certain times i love this quote from c.s lewis it's in mere christianity he said now that i'm a christian i do have moods in which the whole thing looks improbable but when I was an atheist, I had moods in which Christianity looked terribly probable. <laughs> yeah. I love that quote, man, because he's saying, when I was a Christian, when I was an atheist, I'd worry sometimes, like, man, this Christian thing might be true, you know? So well, even yeah. the atheist has doubts. No, we got to think about that. That's how, how else do you think that there are atheists out there that convert to Christianity and mm-hmm. become believers? But that's because they doubted their atheism. Yep, absolutely. Right? That, that's what happened with, uh, uh, yeah, like C.S. Lewis. It was what happened with Lee Strobel yep. like like it's it's coming it happens it's like you there's evidence in in atheists because they themselves are claiming that they have doubts that, yep. so that kind of gives us this idea that we're not the only ones right no hum, humanity doubts all of us have it and that leads us to our next misconception some people believe that doubt is a rare thing hmm. right and i would say that um, people expressing their doubt is rare, yeah, but I not people having doubts. And that's yeah. the danger is when we don't express it, it festers. So doubt isn't rare at all, um, and, and us having it shouldn't be something we hide, right? It's not yeah. rare. It's a human experience. Uh, it's what we do with our doubt that really matters. Mm-hmm. And that, that, That's another thing. I think uh, there's a little bit of fear there because people fear that doubt will produce negative results. Mm-hmm. That's another point we were going to talk about. Is- yeah, yeah, that's the thing. And, and we talked a little bit about that last week, right? Mm-hmm. But 
it, it doesn't produce negative results. It can actually be a catalyst to strengthening your trust or your faith of whatever you believe, right? If you go investigate it and you find more evidence to be reassured of it, it doesn't produce negative results. It produces positive results. So that that's another aspect, too, that is important about doubt. So many people see it as a horrible negative um, but it, it doesn't have to be right, right. And then to think to think of it as a negative or as a weakness, which that's our other point is it, it's not a negative thing. It's not a sh- sign of weakness. It's showing that you're investigating what you believe. Yeah. Yeah. It can almost be a sign of strength in a sense, right? If yeah, you're, if is. you're willing to evaluate your beliefs, that's not a bad thing. No, and honestly, I think you come to find it. I, th- I think it's just that people are afraid to voice their doubts because if they do that, other people are going to think that you're, if you're shaking in your faith in what you believe, then maybe you don't have good reasons for what you believe. Yeah. But that's that's a lie. That's a, that's another misconception to think that it's a sign of weakness in mm-hmm. your faith, right? Yeah, so. and, th- and that's also like some people say, you know, like real Christians don't have doubts. Real good mm-hmm. Christians don't have doubts. That's not true. Um, good Christians don't have doubts. Uh, is a lie because they do have doubts. So if they do have doubts, but they're pretending they don't, they're lying, and so therefore that's they're what not I was going to say. Very good Christian. I was going to say the <laughs> yeah. people who say that have doubts. Yeah, exactly. That's, so that's yeah. That that's that's not true. Uh, people have doubts. Many good Christians today have doubts. But what we do with our doubts is what's important. Mm, and then the yes. last misconception that we see is that people think that doubt kind of follows a similar pattern. That is not true, um, and that's that's what leads into our podcast for today. There are actually three different types of doubt, and for ourselves, we need to be able to evaluate the types and what's going on inside of us when we're doubting, mm-hmm. but this is also a great tool to be able to assess when we're witnessing to people. Like, what is their hang-up from believing in Jesus, mm. right? What is their doubt? And so we want to go through these three types of doubt to help us assess ourselves but also to help us when we're witnessing and evangelizing to other people uh, to pinpoint what what the problem is and, and what we can do to help them see who Jesus is. Yeah, and then, uh, so just to start with that, on a little bit on factual doubt, Robbie, you, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to share your side, some kind of an area of your life where you dealt with factual doubt. Yeah, so factual doubt is uh, the type of doubt that we have that's looking for facts and evidence, right? Factual. Right. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I really got panicked one time. And I might have, sh- I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but I was reading through the Bible because uh, I was in Awana. And so you're supposed to read through the Bible in a year in, in your like junior high, high school age. And I'm reading through it and I get to the passage where it talks about uh, Judas Iscariot and he fell in a field and uh, his his stomach contents got ripped open uh, and he died, right? Yeah. He, he got split open. And I panicked because I'm like, Wait a second. I've read other places that Judas got uh, he hung himself. He committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Contradiction, right? In my mind, oh, big time contradiction. That can't both can't be true. And so then my heart starts beating fast. Panic starts setting in. And I'm thinking, I have just uncovered the live Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like a kid and in my divine wisdom I have uncovered something that no human being has ever seen in the history of Christianity (laughs) for 2,000 years. Nobody saw this. No professors. Yeah. yeah. None of these theologians, none of these guys, you know, I have come along and um, so stupid. Um, But, you know, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to ruin it for my family who believes it. And but I was panicking because I'm like, man, if Jesus isn't true, I don't have anything. And so um, I I investigated my doubts. 
And I called the the smartest guy I knew at the time, my grandpa, because he'd been a pastor, he'd gone to seminary. And I asked him this question. I said, hey, and I remember I remember talking to him on our, our not I can't say cordless phone because I had a cord. You know, you remember those from back <laughs> yeah. in the day? I'm picking up and I my, my hand was shaking and my heart was beating. And I'm asking him, hey, I'm reading in, in the Gospels and it says this, but I know in another place it says that he hung himself. Both can't be true. Like, what's the deal? And I'll never forget. My grandpa goes, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. And I was like, oh, you've seen this? Oh, yeah. Everybody. And he says, everybody's seen that. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. Um, and he explained to me how it can be reconciled, where Judas hung himself, but then they took his body and they threw it into this field. Right? Mm -hmm. He's like, it doesn't read it carefully. It doesn't contradict that idea. And I did. And I was like, oh, it, like, it was like the best weight lifted off my shoulders <laughs> of all time, right? Um, and then it flips around and you're like, Christianity is true. This yeah, is yeah. Yeah. And, and it <laughs> proves itself again. And so I, I remember that uh, being a really important um, uh, experience for me because I had a factual doubt, right? This passage and this passage contradict each other. Mm -hmm. And I needed somebody to show me, no, they don't contradict. Yeah. You just need to understand what exactly is being said. And you look into it and it's fine. Um, so I had a factual doubt, but it started leading me towards panic, right? Mm, yeah. It started as factual, but once I understood the facts behind it, it, it appeased me, right? I didn't have that doubt anymore. Yeah, yeah. And that, see, that's, that's a really good way to do it, too. You went to someone else and you told them about your doubt. And, you know, that's, that, I think that that's something that a lot of times we might be afraid to do is to voice our doubt, which is what we were talking about before, mm -hmm. because it, you, don't want it to, you don't want to think of it as a sign of weakness, because yes. it's not. It's, it's not. not. You need to go investigate it. Um, uh, but, yeah, so when it comes to factual doubt, mm -hmm. right, factual doubt, people who are factually doubting are concerned with evidence and facts. And you can tell that they are doubting in a factual way when you provide them with good evidence and that answers their question. And they go, okay, good, I'm in. Yeah. I had this experience with a couple of people where they, oh, I don't know about this Christian thing. And we talk apologetics and I explain facts to them. And they go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I like that. Okay. <laughs> and you're like, this is great, right? That's a factual doubter. It's easy to talk with people who factually doubt because Christianity has the best arguments for it. Yeah, that's now, right. Now, someone in, in the New Testament who struggled with factual doubt was a guy who I think gets a really bad rap. Hmm. Right? Thomas. But we don't just call him Thomas. He's doubting Doubting. Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Doubt. You doubter. You horrible... Um, man, he gets such a bad rap because in my mind, he's like the only smart one in the bunch um, yeah. because of, of what he does. So but we, it's looked at as a negative thing. It is looked at as a negative in, in our you know Christian culture. It's kind right. of crazy. Yeah. So let's go ahead and look at this passage about Thomas in John chapter 20, verses 24 uh, through 29. Tyler, do you want to go ahead and read that? Yeah. Uh, now, Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. And see my hands, and put out your hand, and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? 
Blessed are those who have seen, not seen and yet have believed. So this is a really interesting passage to me because we get doubting Thomas, right? Think about what it says. He's not there with the disciples when Jesus showed up the first time. Mm-hmm. He comes in. They're telling him, Thomas, Thomas, this is the craziest thing. Jesus rose from the dead. We saw him. We, we've hugged him. He talked with us. Blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to have to take a rain check on that. <laughs> right? That's what he's saying. Like, are yeah. you kidding me? Like, that's a big pill to swallow. Let's cut him a little bit of slack, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not to mention, and I'm trying not to stereotype here, but he's been hanging out with fishermen who fishermen tell tall tales about how big their fish are. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, they're braggadocious. They, you know, it's, and 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 he comes in and they're like, "Oh, Thomas, this happened to us. We all saw it." Yeah, guys, this is a big deal. Right? I can't just trust your opinion on this. I can't just trust your opinion yeah. on a lot of things. I kind <laughs> of need some hard facts. Isn't that what he asked for? Yeah, it is. I won't believe until I what? Put my finger in his Yeah, until he has hands. evidence. Yeah, right. that's all he's asking for. He's factually doubting what they said. Yeah, and you know what? Again, this isn't a sign of weakness, right? We keep talking about that. That's like seeking answers to his doubts. That's really important. And he's just hearing it. He's not hearing it from God. He's Mm -hmm. not hearing it from Jesus himself. Like, like he's not literally witnessing Jesus at this time, saying, uh, saying, "Hey, look, I'm resurrected." He's hearing it from a third party source. Yeah, yeah. This is interesting. I kind of wish uh, Joseph Smith or Muhammad's followers did this very thing. Yeah, hey, that's a really nice story, Joseph. However, <laughs> unless I see some evidence of it, right? Like, don't you wish yeah. they had something like that? Well, I, I think that they did, and that's why there's a lot of people that aren't Mormons. Yeah. That I aren't, mean, I'm just saying yeah, that, that yeah. Aren't. Yeah, I agree. They didn't have anybody to, to verify what they said. And so you got Thomas here yeah. saying, no, guys, this is such a big deal. I need some evidence. And then a week, eight days goes by, mm-hmm. it says. So, so Thomas is still hanging out with his friends. He just doesn't trust him on the biggest issue ever. And a week goes by, and then Jesus shows up again, and this time Thomas is there. And Jesus turns to him and says, check me out. Here's, here's the evidence. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? I know you're factually doubting, Thomas. Put your finger in the holes in my hands. Put your hand in the hole in my side. I have completely, I have totally risen from the dead. And now here's how we know Thomas was a factual doubter. When confronted with the evidence, what does he do? He asked, uh, uh, well, he, yeah, after he asked for evidence, he st- literally sticks his hands and he sees for himself, like, this is Jesus. Yeah, this like, is Jesus. And then he believes. Yeah. He, he, he worships Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He Once he sees down, it, he's like, my okay. My Lord and my God, right? Mm-hmm. He calls Jesus God. My Lord and my God. So I need some evidence, guys. Evidence presented. I'm all in. Yeah, and then he worships. Yeah, and then he falls it's down like, and he yeah. worships. It's awesome, right? This is factual doubt. And this is the – I love when people have factual doubt because it's very easy to convince them of truth because, mm. like I said, Christianity has the best evidence going out of any religion or worldview. We, yeah. We win based on evidence. And so I love uh, that. So just to kind of recap what we've been saying to pull it together, the, the remedy for factual doubt is – evidence well yeah (laughs) that's 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 how you attack this kind of doubt so if you've got some doubts or you read something in scripture and you go ah man i don't know how that really works don't let it just fester in your mind Mm -hmm. go find the reasoning and and the answers to the questions that you have you really need to do that for a few reasons Mm. 
One, God has left us tremendous amounts of evidence in every aspect of of humanity, philosophy, theology, science, literature, the arts, archaeology, Mm. on and on and on. We have tremendous evidence. And knowing why we believe what we believe is extremely important when it comes to factual doubt. We need to have a good handle on the Christian faith. We need to have a good handle on apologetics because it doesn't just help us when we have factual doubt, but it'll make our witnessing better to people, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's good to just be equipped, too, with, like, the facts and then know, like, in yourself, that, that that sets the good foundation for your faith, right? The, mm-hmm. To know the evidence and the facts. And then that also helps you to deal with factual doubts that others are having, and you can share that with them. And it's a quick, easy way, like, hey, you have a question about this? I have an answer. Here it yep. goes. And then, wow, didn't think of it that before? Resolved. There we go. Like, yep. that's that's all that there is to it. And so factual doubt, I, you're right, Robbie, that's that's it's, I like it when people have these kinds of doubts too, because it's like you can discuss it with them, and it's it, and th- there's a way that you can help bring light to these doubts easy, mm-hmm. quickly too, because we have evidence. Yeah, it's the yeah. easiest type of doubt to deal with. It is. It is. So now the issue is this: when a person, it doesn't matter who they are or what their beliefs are, mm. when you have a factual doubt that you don't go figure out that you don't Mm -hmm. find evidence for and you just let it stay in your mind and your heart you let it fester there for a long time eventually that factual doubt starts to hurt Mm -hmm. and it turns into emotional doubt yeah that's the second type of doubt emotional doubt now this is the most common type of doubt that's that's out there um, and, and it's really important for us when we're assessing ourselves or we're assessing people that we're witnessing to, that, that we love, that we care about. We got to figure out what is their doubt stemming from. Mm. Is it facts and, and evidence? Is it emotions? Where are they at? And most of the time, people are emotional doubters. Yeah. So this type of doubt hurts, right? Pain. It's usually accompanied by a lot of what if questions. Right. Again, have you encountered a lot of people? Have you, but yourself, been at this place? Actually, yeah. yeah. I can think of. I th- can think of several times where I've done this, and that that's because I didn't seek out answers to it. Mm-hmm. That 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 did happen to me. Um, I, I actually remember one in particular doubt I had that turned into an emotional doubt was I I had a negative conception of heaven. Right. Okay. I thought I thought I'm like okay. Uh, it, it, this was a doubt that I didn't investigate. I didn't really research. This was back in high school. I just thought, I'm like, okay, heaven, uh, to me, from what I'm getting at, it just sounds like we're going to be uh, just like at this glowing golden place and then just singing to God for all of eternity, mm-hmm. which that's that's not true. That's not what we have biblically, which we are. We are going to be uh, worshiping God for eternity, but there's more to heaven than just... Uh, than just singing. Yeah, than just yeah, singing, sure. and, which that's a misconception I think a lot of people have about heaven, yes. uh, but that's because it's not investigated. Mm-hmm. And so, you think if I get bored at church singing, how am I going to do this forever? Yeah. And it's going to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so so that's, that's a, a doubt that I didn't seek answers to, and it turned into an emotional doubt. And then I eventually started thinking, wow, like, what if this just isn't like based off of what it sounds like heaven in eternity doesn't sound enjoyable mm-hmm. and then like investigating it further and then he, seeing uh and then i love like nt Wright's uh stuff that he has on heaven and eternity mm-hmm. um and then just thinking through just uh all the beauty that there is and like that's described in heaven and the like uh the rewards and like other things like that like there's just so much complexity and like in-depth stuff that we'll get to do for eternity yeah so it's just like uh, thinking that through and once i learn this 
that like eased my emotional pain and my emotional doubt. And I realized huh. I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Like that God came through to, to that, to, yeah. to me, to show me. And all, all it could have taken is when I first had that doubt, if I had just sought out answers when I first was doubting, mm-hmm. then I would never would have had that emotional pain or that stress of thinking, wow, eternity is going to suck. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's so funny, man, because that is a common, like, and, yeah. and we haven't talked about this. No, yeah, we haven't. Like, we you, haven't. This yeah. story of your doubt, but that's a common uh, mm-hmm. Christian doubt. I've heard. I've heard so many people say, "Man, heaven doesn't really sound that great." If this whole yeah. thing's about getting to heaven, like, what are we going to do? And for and some people struggle with the length, eternity. Mm-hmm. How do I not get bored in eternity? Right. Mm-hmm. I've heard people say those types of things. Right. Um, that's a common Christian doubt. You know, a lot of a, another common Christian doubt is what if I'm not really saved? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I'm being serious with you. Currently, I'm, I'm talking with someone about this, mm-hmm. but I have counseled dozens and dozens and dozens of people in the last five years mm. over this issue. This is a common Christian doubt. I thought that before and it, too. And it hurts, yeah. right? Yeah, everybody thinks, every Christian thinks that at some point. Yeah. Like, how can I really be saved? And it's not it's not a question of, am I going to heaven? It's a question of how can I know I have assurance, Yeah, it's right? not, it's not, that is an accurate emotional doubt, I would say, because yes. it's like, I know, like, at the times when I've struggled with that, I've known, like, intellectually, that uh, that putting my faith and trust in Jesus is what eternally saves me. Yep. But then uh, you get that emotional r- just doubt of uncertainty where you're like, okay, what if I'm what not? If? At, yeah. And that's like, always the, the problem, if, man. What the if. what if, right? Yeah. And that's how you know it's emotional doubt because I know, I know, th- and I hear people say this all the time. Listen, I know what the Bible says I have to do to believe, but what if? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait a second here. Like, and it's so funny because a lot of times people yeah. go, but what if I've committed the unpardonable sin and i go well let's look at what scripture says that that is Mm -hmm. because if you're if you're disregarding all these other verses (laughs) about how you become a christian and you're worried about this one right it's funny because you'll trust the one that worries you but you won't trust the ones that could bring you peace um Uh, yeah that's a good point it's so interesting man Mm -hmm. but but we have and that's how you know it's not a factual doubt Right. Yeah. It's an emotional doubt. And they're struggling and they've let it fester and they're asking, what if God doesn't love me? What if I've committed the unpardonable sin? What if I'm not really saved? What if I wasn't sincere enough when I believed? Right. All of those things. Everybody has has gone through that. And um we have to look back at what are the facts? What's the truth? What's the evidence? Uh, I don't look to my sincerity as assurance. Hmm. I look to Jesus' work. And it was perfect, yeah. you know? And so getting into that, but again, when you're having a tough time emotionally, I don't think facts and evidence are really what helps. Hmm. Now, having the facts and evidence prior to getting into that emotional state helps. But once you're there, you just keep asking the what if questions. Yeah, and it, it kind of just builds on itself to the point to where you, you it makes you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. makes you uh, start to feel uncertain yes. in your faith. And it's... It's really scary. When you're it in is that really situation. scary. Yeah. yeah, and if you don't attack your intellectual doubts, they fester and mm-hmm. they turn into emotional doubts. And in a couple of weeks, we are going to talk about how to deal with emotional doubts because that's a big topic. Yes. How do you deal with anxiety and stress and depression and and emotional doubts? But for for this show, we want to point out how important it is to deal with your intellectual doubts so they don't turn into emotional doubts. Now it's funny because with with emotional doubts. 
Um, we all love uh, stories of people who overcome adversity, right? I mean, they have made TV mm. shows about this all over the place, right? Um, I don't. I'm trying to think what. Oh, American Ninja Warrior. You know that show? Yeah. yeah okay, my kids good. love that show. <laughs> it's really fun. But they always like the 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 best parts of the show are they show these stories before the person runs an obstacle course, right? Mm-hmm. And they show this background story of a person, and like they're trying to show you this person. This this is the common theme. This person's had a really tough time in their life. Bad things have happened to them, and in spite of that, <laughs> they still trained to be an American Ninja yeah. Warrior, right? And you're like, yeah, yeah woo! I want to cheer Hypes for them. Hypes you up for them, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> because good. somebody died or their wife got MS or whatever, yeah, right? And mm-hmm. I'm in emotionally with this person now. Why? Because they had something really bad happen to them. Mm-hmm. And they didn't let it detour them from doing what they wanted to do. Yeah. Overcoming adversity is such a cool thing. We love stories like this. When it comes to these stories, whether it's American Ninja Warrior or Biggest Loser or, you know, you listen to Dave Ramsey's show and people are paying off all this debt and overcoming yeah, yeah. that. What we're really saying is that they've overcome adversity, meaning that there's something bad that happened to them. And they didn't let their thoughts be consumed with lies, and they overcame it with truth, <laughs> right? Because it's easy when you're in a pile of student debt to go, I'm never going to pay this off. Yeah. I can't. What if, oh, man, what if something bad happens, right? Or, oh, man, I can't train for American Ninja Warrior because <laughs> what if, you know? Mm. And no, we love when people overcome adversity. But what that means is they don't believe lies about themselves. Mm-hmm. that turn into what-ifs and emotional <laughs> problems, right? So uh, one of the things I like to think about when, when we're going through emotional doubt is what are the types of things I'm really worried about emotionally? Yeah. And it's always, Tyler, you only worry about things that are really important to you. Like, you do not worry about the San Diego Padres. No. <laughs> I don't know if anybody does, to be honest. <laughs> but but no, but you don't worry about it. Why? Because you don't care about the San Diego Padres, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't worry about the um, you know, the World Cricket Championship because <laughs> I don't care about cricket. Like I don't. Okay. Yeah. So we don't worry about things that we don't care about. But we really do worry and ponder and doubt things that are extremely important to us, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to people when they doubt their salvation. It's a big deal emotionally because it is very important to them. Well, yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So the fact that people worry about the state of their salvation often proves that they actually are saved. Because if they weren't, they wouldn't really care about it. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, you know what? I like that you put it that way because, to be honest with you, I don't think I ever thought of it that way. Hmm. I, I, but, but it's true. It's true. If you are worried about your salvation— in, in your faith in Christianity, it probably does mean that you really are saved because you are concerned for it and you genuinely are putting your trust in it. Yep. Because uh, uh, doubting it is a sign that you are trusting it, but you're like nervous. Uh, when you're worried emotion, about yeah, it. Yeah, you're like, okay, well, like, is this is this accurate? But if you're still in it, even with your doubts, mm-hmm. that that's, shows that you're really committed to it. Yeah, right? because yeah. otherwise you wouldn't care. It yeah. just means that intellectually you're struggling with some verses or you're struggling with some sin you've done in your life mm. and you want to reconcile how it works, but you let it fester for a long time and then uh, you're asking what if questions. Yeah, that, that, that's really good. I, I think that's an accurate 
description of what dealing with emotional doubt will do to you, will do with you. Yep. So well, and I love what John eight thirty one through thirty two says, where Jesus he he tells mm-hmm. his disciples, "If you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free." Hmm. See, what if questions are typically lies that we're believing? Yeah. And when we rest in the truth, it helps us with the emotional doubt. Now, it's hard when you're in an emotional state to do that. But yeah. that's why apologetics is really important when you're thinking clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you build up a strong defense of evidence that you can rely on when your emotions are waning. Yeah, yeah, that, that's true. It just, it, it just gives you... It kind of it, it just shows that you're confident in what you believe when you doubt too. I think because the thing is, is when you go through and you uh, and you um, you get those answers to your doubts, and then you f- like you rest in the truth through overcoming that. Mm-hmm. Then it, it just it and then you you talk about it with other people. It just shows confidence and shows that you actually are concerned with your salvation and what you believe. Yeah. No, absolutely. Well, and when it comes to our emotions too, like this is something that bugs me and and I'm guilty of it. We Mm -hmm. all say it, but like a common saying in our day and age uh, when you're discussing anything with people is they'll say, you know, I really feel, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to catch myself when I say that because like you ask somebody, hey, how was the movie? Well, I felt like it was a little slow in the beginning and then there was some really good plot twists and yeah. Why did you feel that? Why don't you think that? Isn't that fascinating to that, you? That is. We we lead with how I felt about it because well, emotions are really powerful. Yeah, and uh, to be honest with you, I think that uh, you're right because you know I and I think the reason that I've I, I've even made statements like that, uh-huh. uh, I, I've said that about like uh, like certain movies like uh, the last Star Wars movie that came out. Mm-hmm. I I would tell people because I I didn't like it that much, so I told people you know I felt like the plot didn't really line up with the rest of the series as yeah. well and like I but when I say felt like it I think the reason I was saying that is because I'm willing to be convinced otherwise yeah well because I'm my, like I don't know if I'm feelings. sure yeah I yeah. don't want to commit with I thought it I just because felt I don't it. know if that's objectively <laughs> true that's just how yeah. I feel about it right now in in that statement so it's, you're yeah. implying that thoughts are more important than feelings yeah however yeah. our feelings are very powerful and can control us a lot emotions are powerful. And mm. so when it when it comes to emotions, I think there's a couple of things. This helps me a lot because I'm very, uh, I'd say I'm an emotional person, right? I mm-hmm. kind of I wear my emotions on my sleeve, and I'm I'm not uh, an introvert at all. Um, <laughs> and so this helps me like practically a lot with my emotions. I we have to remember that emotions are a good thermometer, but they yeah. are not a good thermostat. They're good at telling us what's <laughs> going on. But they're not good at dictating what's supposed to be going on, right? Uh, They alert us to something internally, like when you're getting angry or you're getting anxious, right? Which is a fascinating topic to say, what is the feeling of anxiousness? We all know what it is Mm -hmm. because we've all experienced it. But what is it? It's It's this emotional angst in my soul. I I mean, it's a fascinating thing to think about. But it's got this conscious feel to it. Yeah. Um, And so when emotions like anxiety or stress or anger well up in me, what do I do with that, right? Mm. Well, those things are revealing that something's happening 
right? So that's true. They're, they're alerting me to, hey, something's going on. <laughs> but a lot of people act like their emotions are what controls them instead of the emotion being the thing that's telling you something's there. Uh, I like to think of emotions as being something that is alerting you to a, a, a wrong thought or you're pondering something that's not healthy for you and you get a negative emotion from it, right? Our emotions are horrible at dictating truth, especially when it comes to our faith. Mm, They're good yeah. at alerting us to something going on, right? But typically when I'm being stressed out or I'm feeling anxiety, it's because I'm thinking about what ifs. I've caught myself doing this all the time. If I have to have a hard conversation with somebody in my family or at mm. church, I run through 300 different scenarios of how the argument's going to go. And how you would deal with and it. And how yeah. I'll deal with it. They say this, I'm going to say this. They say this, I'm going to say this. Mm -hmm. What if, what if, what if, right? And I worry about this stuff that 99% of it's never going to happen. And I find myself being stressed about it. And then when you actually go through, it's having that conversation with the person. It, it it's never like that. Yeah. It goes better. Yeah. And so um. this is the thing. Maybe stress and anxiety is welling up in me because it's like an alarm system God has equipped me with to say, don't go there mentally. Stop. Have you ever thought about that? <laughs> actually, I haven't. Maybe it's an alarm system to say, hey, your thinking's bad. The truth isn't setting you free. The lies are making you feel horrible. Stop. Mm. I think, That's a good way to think about it. Yeah, I, I, I do. But so, so often people think that they're victims of whatever their feelings are instead of saying, now there's something that's bringing about Maybe the it is, because if you ever think about it, obviously anxiety is not a good feeling. It's not. Nobody it, likes it. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a bad feeling. It, it, like, it, it, it fills you with panic and like fear and mm -hmm. like you, you just, and it's hard to even, you can't even really describe what it is and like, unless you've experienced it yourself, which everyone has. And we all know what it is. Yeah. And we all know what it is. And it's like, uh, I think that it, it, it could be, as you're saying, like an alarm system that's programmed into our souls mm -hmm. that tells us, Hey, you're the, the way you are thinking right now is not good. Yeah. Don't it's go there. Bad. Yeah. That's, that's a warning. Mm-hmm. I think God in like programmed in us this spiritual warning of like, hey, if you're going in that direction, you need to stop. Yes. And I, I think I think it's true because if you look at it, any time that we go through anxiety and panic, um, and sometimes you know what, a little bit of anxiousness can be healthy because it shows that we're actually concerned for something. Sure. So it's not inherently bad, but it, if you just dwell on it and you let it keep festering in you, then that's mm -hmm. that's when it can become a real problem. Yeah, a very a, a big problem. Mm -hmm. And so whenever you're experiencing negative emotions, I think the step is to stop and do some introspection, mm -hmm. not to let your feeling dictate your action. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like, and so many people do that. I feel anxious and that must be a truth. So I'm just going to live out this worry. No, stop and do some introspection as why is anxiety welling up in me? Mm. What am I dwelling on? Where's my wrong thinking? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. think about like, even in a practical sense, like you, you hear a noise outside in the <laughs> middle of the night. And your mind just races. Oh, man, there's people coming from my house. There's probably 40 guys outside with yeah. subatomic <laughs> machine guns. And they want to break in and steal all of my amazing stuff. And I've got to defend the family. And I, yeah. right? I have kids here. Oh, man. Yeah. And it's like a cat who walked on the fence, right? <laughs> but you start believing all these what ifs and you worry yourself into a panic, right? Your heart starts pumping. Maybe it's, hey, slow down. 
Let's think rationally about this. Let's go investigate what's really going on, right? Mm -hmm. Evidence. Yeah. And that'll set you free because truth sets you free. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what we need to do when we are having emotional doubts. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity said this about um, facts and evidence and about emotional uh, changes. He said, Faith in the sense in which I'm using the word is the art of holding on to the things your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. That is why faith is such a necessary virtue. Unless you teach your moods where they get off, you can never be either a sound Christian or even a sound atheist. <laughs> I love that, right? Yeah. That's a great quote. It's true. You got to know my moods don't dictate what's true. That would be that's a scary world. Right? That's cuz if I don't have coffee. Oh man. <laughs> Right? Have you heard people say, I'm an atheist before my first cup of coffee in the morning? Uh, <laughs> there's some truth yeah. to that, right? There's some truth yeah. to that. If it's dependent on my moods, man, nothing is that's secure. A, that's another thing, too. Have you ever noticed, too, sometimes you even become more emotional and you start not thinking straight when you're lacking in sleep? Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's a physicality to it, too. Mm -hmm. If I'm not exercising regularly, yeah. anxiety not can active. well up. It's it's we are such complex creatures. Mm -hmm. it, we're not just mental machines, right? Yeah. But we're not just physical bodies. We're not just emotional driven people. We're this multifaceted, very complex, uh, integrated system of a being. Human beings are very complex. Yeah. And we need to look at all aspects of our lives when it comes to um, doubt and anxiety. And man, go for a walk. You will feel better. Mm, right yeah, that's <laughs> get your mind onto something true. else and you'll feel better so and we're going to talk about how to deal with stress and anxiety in a couple of weeks but yeah i i agree with you tyler there's there's so much going on with this but when we just sit and we we let these thoughts fester in our minds it's it's very damaging mm, yeah. very damaging we need to seek out answers to our doubts mm. now the third type of doubt, if we if we leave emotional doubts and we think, you know, God's let us down, why would God allow this to happen, especially when it's something really sad, like, like a child dying or a parent dying or getting some disease or, or losing a limb, why would God let that happen, right? That's a right. common doubt people have. And when you don't seek that out intellectually, that festers real fast into yeah. emotional, God let me down, mm -hmm. right? Why did God allow it? now becomes God did this to me. And that is debilitating to your faith because why do I love a guy who would do this to me, who would inflict me with misery and pain, which isn't the truth, right? He mm. can't do those things. He can't tempt, right? He can't harm. He's a life-giving God. However, he does allow it. So knowing intellectually why is important before you go through it. But if you let those emotional doubts fester for long enough, you can't live in a state of anxiety and worry for your whole life. Yeah. So to self-medicate, to cope with it, you move from emotional doubt to the next type, which is volitional doubt, willful mm. doubt. Um, this type of doubt is recognized by a calloused heart toward God, right? Most people who are in this state are very angry with God because they had an emotional doubt that never got dealt with and they couldn't live in a constant state of anxiety yeah, and worry, yeah. so they move into hating God. It's mm. an easier emotion to deal with. Does that make sense? It does. It's kind of just the next step, really, you think, if you let it fester. It, it yeah. comes into this place where it's it's hardened, and you. It, it's a lot harder to deal with 
volitional doubt at that point because it's almost as you, you get to a point where it's it's very difficult to convince you out of that because you've just hardened yourself so much towards this one thought yep or a thought process and this one emotion uh this one lie that it led you to the point to where it, since it festered for so long it just it, it it literally like i i like the analogy like of saying describing as saying your heart is callous towards god like that's yes yeah, like it's when well, you hit the nail on the head, that is exactly what happens is people let this emotional doubt fester for so long that the lie they're believing uh hardens. Right? That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. The lie gets galvanized as truth and they've fully accepted it and believe the lie to be true. God doesn't love me. God doesn't look out for me. God mm-hmm. inflicted me with whatever. And that is a very tough type of doubt to deal with. Yeah. So yeah. if you don't deal with your intellectual doubts, it turns to emotional. If you don't deal with your emotional doubts, it turns to volitional. And when we're talking with other people, we need to be able to assess this. And, and, and this is just a rule of thumb. When you're talking with somebody, typically the reason they don't believe in Jesus is emotional, typically. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's because evil has happened to them, which, hello, welcome to the human race. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's happened yeah, to all right. of us, right? But that often gets to be a, a doubt people have. Why would God do this? If he's loving and good, right, why mm-hmm. does he do this? And we've done a whole podcast series on that. We had Clay Jones on. Yeah, but that's right. a really tough issue for people, and it turns into an emotional doubt. Now, it's tricky because when you talk with people about Christianity, they'll never say, uh, I have big emotional feelings about God and what he's done to me. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever going to lead with that. They always lead with, I've been thinking right <laughs> and they so they they mask their emotional doubt as intellectual doubt mm. the way to spot it though is when you give good evidence and they still go yeah but what if yeah. okay now yeah. we're an emotional doubt you're not an intellectual doubter you're an emotional doubter so i want to talk about what what has hurt you what 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 about god has disappointed you mm. right different tactic not, hey, here's the Kalam cosmological argument for God's existence. They're not going <laughs> to care, yeah. No, it's what what's hurting you and what, what, what things have happened in your life that have brought you tremendous disappointment with God. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. That is how you deal with an emotional doubter. Yeah. By the time they get to volitional, it's very tough. Uh, and that's where you see a lot of the new atheists at. They're so angry at a God they don't think exists. Hmm. which is crazy <laughs> because I'm not very mad at leprechauns. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. And well, with that too, I, I think I think another good way of thinking about it, right, is, um, uh, and then this is, this helped me in thinking about emotional doubts and then uh, um, a- anytime we're thinking too about the argument of uh, how could God allow, allow evil to happen and like mm-hmm. ha- allow this atrocity to happen. And I, I think... This goes a little bit back into that that topic, but um, I think it applies here. To where if you think of death, right, um, think uh, think of it as like uh, with with death being present, it's kind of like we we know, hey, one day we're not going to be here anymore. We have a, like a limited amount of time to where we're going to be walking this earth. So you you start to think and you take uh, each moment as it is, and you think, uh, okay, so I have a limited time to deal with life and to mm-hmm. f- focus on getting this through. And then I think it's uh, um, having that that thought of, okay, one day this is going to end and like there's pain, com- there's pain that's going to come. It, mo- it motivates us because you're thinking, okay, I have this limited amount of life 
in me. So it's like you you're scared and you're thinking, okay, so that that's when like you're thinking it, it makes eternity important. It's like okay, so if I have a limited time on my current life in this life now, mm-hmm. uh, I I'm scared. I don't want my life to end. I want it to go for eternity. So we put this big emphasis on what's going to happen to me, right? Mm-hmm. And then that's when uh, you get all these emotional and scary and doubt because you're, you're trying to put your trust in something that's going to be everlasting. That's what's yes, happening It's here. a big deal. It's a really big deal. And so then uh, uh, that's why I think sometimes when we get these fears in us that we don't deal with uh, about our salvation, mm-hmm. uh, it can just fester and then harden to the point to where we don't want to deal with it because we're just scared, you know? Yep. We, and we stuff it and we think, oh, real Christians don't doubt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just got to suck it up. No, you don't. You need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You need yeah. to voice it and you need to seek evidence. That's the remedy. Yeah, and so I, I think it's just a matter of uh, trying to break out of that mindset and realizing, you know what, like that um, there's evidence out there that 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 I have that I can seek that mm-hmm. helps give me assurance in my faith and what I believe, and I don't have to deal with these fears or this anger or frustration emotionally with God yep. uh, because because he the truth as Jesus says in scripture the truth will set you free yep definitely and that's what we want to be seeking out is truth mm-hmm. not lies that I convince myself to believe that's the scariest yeah. thing you can convince yourself of things that aren't true but you really trust yourself yeah isn't that yes. sad like it's <laughs> yes, so it it's so deceptive so yep well we hope this podcast has been helpful to you uh and before we end today's uh show on doubt i do mm. want to share a coffee tip with you yeah we, we kept you in suspense now a lot time. of people doubt that coffee is good for them and i am sick of it to be honest with you because <laughs> i want to bring some hard facts now i do want to mention if you're drinking like Dutch Bros or the milkshakes at Starbucks that they call coffee, yeah, those aren't great for you because it's basically sugar. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, so please hear me when I say coffee, like the ground beans, hot water thing. What is that? Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not bad for you. What's bad for you is when you douse it in cream and sugar. That's yeah, not yeah. the best thing to drink six times a day. I'm with you. But coffee in and of itself is really healthy. Um, Have no doubt about it. Now, here's evidence for you emotional doubters out there about it. A Syracuse uh, study uh, was, was, oh no, not Syracuse, sorry about that. A European cardiac study, uh, the Mm. Cardiac Society and Congress of Europe, did a long-term study of 20,000 people. So this is big. This is a big deal, right? Mm. 20,000 people participated, and they showed that drinking coffee, typically two cups of coffee a day, showed, are you ready for this? Ready. 30% reduction in death. What? (laughs) That's awesome. Wow. Drinking a cup or two of coffee a day gives you 30% chance of living longer than those who don't. But not with all the cream and sugar. And well, no, I'd say that probably poses other problems, right? Yeah. They didn't yeah. specifically say it was black coffee in this in this study. Okay. But, but if it wasn't, you could you know you could guess that you'd have a better percentage of, of not dying. Well, yeah. Um, so th- I thought that was fascinating. The the scientific fact is drinking coffee with the antioxidant properties, right, and everything that comes with yeah. it is pretty good for your for your health. Wow. 
Well, I'm just waiting now for like that that 120 year old lady that comes out and said, "My secret is I drink a hot cup mm-hmm. of coffee every well, day." Wouldn't it be funny if like <laughs> in talk- 70 years we have like all these 115 year old people that go to Starbucks <laughs> twice a day? Yeah, because <laughs> it's kind of a big cultural trend now. Yeah. is coffee. Yeah, I'm not that it wasn't before, but it's like this is like you're not cool unless you drink coffee nowadays. Yep. Is what it seems. Yep. So maybe that that's going to be the case. But like I'm just saying, Who knows? Like, like how funny is that? Like you know, like there's all those old people out there who like live for a really long time and they say my secret is that a yep. can of pepsi every day yeah i heard a guy say that one time dr pepper every day and yeah like, and it's like oh. i think that would kill me right now yeah <laughs> it's like, but then i'm saying that but apply that with coffee you know i might believe it well there's there science go. behind it with coffee is, right yeah, so cool. if you're out there and you want to get healthy drink some coffee get some good <laughs> black coffee it's very good for you keeps you healthy you don't get sick as much yeah. antioxidants in it are very very beneficial to our health so mm. there's your coffee tip of today don't doubt the coffee is good for you because it really is. Yes. Well, so. thanks so much for being with us today on our show. Uh, again, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook and follow our Facebook group. And then um, we would love for you to come out to the Deep Faith Apologetics Conference that is going to be on November 2nd here in Phoenix at Calvary Phoenix on I-17 and Cactus. You can find out more information about that on deepfaithapologetics.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, our show is all about equipping Christians to be able to defend their faith and to be confident in their faith. That's what we want this to be about. So we hope that this show has been equipping you to share your faith with other people. We hope that this uh, show has helped you to be confident and more assured of your faith. That's our goal here, and that's why we do what we do. Yes, and thank you so much for listening. Catch us next week on our next episode on Doubt. Yep, we'll be back next week. See you then. Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.